people. This is Manuel James Delgado here on Shea Radio. And I think they heard us going testing, testing, testing before. (laughs) (laughs) All good, all good. I'm excited about today. What about you guys? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Why are you so excited, Manuel? Why am I so excited? Because I got some good tea. I got a British man here. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thank you. Last time you were on the show, it was via remote. Now you're here in person. Yeah. This is way, way cool. So uh, if you are first time listening to Shea Radio and you're like, isn't this a Faroese radio station? Why are they speaking English? Why? What's going on here? I don't know. You got, you got two Germans, a Brit, and an American mm-hmm. on a radio. doesn't get better than that. I'm not German. Oh, I mean, I, we got a German, a Brazilian, an American, and a Brit. <laughs> Brit. Did you feel offended when you got called a German? No, it's fine. They are better than football. No, <laughs> no, no, Stop they were, it. no. They were betting. No, yeah, no, no. Okay, anyways, seven <laughs> Back, 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 back to earth, people. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I was at um. I was at a show for my kids. They play in an orchestra, and the composer was, you know, practicing with the with the orchestra. And he said, "There's no candy, no gum, no phones, and definitely no World Cup while we're practicing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because people are watching their phones. And- yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, this is the Manny Show on Shay, and uh, we come on every week. Um, here on on the radio show, and basically what we try to do is is we want to we want to equip you, we want to encourage you, we want to comfort you in the season that you're in, and and we do that by you know just having different subjects that we talk about on a dialogue type basis. And uh, so you are welcome to join us on here uh, if you're listening to it live. Uh, Shay has a Facebook page S J E Y. Just to search that on Facebook. You'll find their page, and you can see us live right now. And you can see our beautiful faces. I got Daniel from Brazil. Jan from... Jan? <laughs> Jan. <laughs> that was so English. Jan from Germany. And good old Paul Clinton Gibbs. What, oh, good old Paul? Good old. Good, good young. Good Paul would have been. Good, good, good. <laughs> very, very cool. And if you have a, a prayer request or, or anything like that, and you have some questions... You can also text message us at 577777. That's five sevens, right? Yeah. A five and then five sevens right after. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, just jump on the, 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 the live and, and send us some comments. Let us know where you're watching from. Share this because you're going to want to hear some of this awesome wisdom that's going to come from this young man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Paul, you're the, you're the special guest here, so I just... If you can uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself and and uh, yeah, what you're doing here on the Pharaohs. Okay, so yeah, I'm Paul. I'm from Manchester, England originally, uh, but I live in Texas. Lived there almost 19 years. Wow. Uh, I have um, two sons and one wife. 
That's one good. Of my sons, one wife. Yeah, one That's wife, good. yeah. Um, one of my sons is in Germany studying, and my other son is right now living in my house with his wife and my two granddaughters, which is wonderful. So, um, but I'm here to see you and uh, your lovely wife. Yes. And uh, talk about pays and meet some people and share about the vision. Very cool. You know, we've known you guys. I just want to let you know. We've known Paul and, and Lynn and the Pace since 2019, mm. just before Corona hit. And um, we met, Santa met Pete in, in, in Denmark. Uh, we met you guys online. And then I met you and Lynn in Denmark mm. in the flesh. Yeah. And then I met you again in Texas in the flesh. And no one believed that I had a wife. Yeah. Because no one actually seen her in person. So this is your first time after so yeah, many years. It's true. You do have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's lovely. <laughs> She's a hottie. You, you call yours Foxy Lynn. I'm going to call mine Hottie Foxy Santa. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And, and you've been, you, you and your wife have been involved with Pace. You started Pace. How old is it now? Uh, so this is our 30th year. Yes. So this is the anniversary of Pace. So we started in 19... 19- 92, yeah. uh, 2022, 30 years. So, yeah. Yeah. And when, like, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> so in 88, I began to reach into schools um, and I was doing that obviously on behalf of my church, but also there was a network of churches mm-hmm. that really took ownership of it. And I remember going to a meeting once and they kept saying, oh, what Paul's doing is great. And we love what Paul's doing in the schools. And I thought, well, now I really want them to feel like it's, their thing, mm. not just mine. Yeah. So I went back to my church uh, building, talked to the senior pastor and said, hey, um, I need a name for this thing. It's probably not going to be long, you know, probably last a couple of years. So let's call it Project. And, um, <laughs> and he said, well, there's no, there's no word in the Bible for teenager. And he looked up and said, but there's a New Testament Greek word for a child that serves the king, which is pays. Wow. So initially it was called the pays project and now it's the pays movement. Yeah. So, so your senior pastor back then helped you find the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was he basically just opened um, a New Testament Greek book. And looked, Are you serious? It was completely uninspired. Wow. But saying that, knowing that, well, the vision became the idea of a child who serves a king. Yeah. Especially we're so kingdom centric. Yeah. Just um, you know, it's one of those things where you look back and think, ah, God, God was in it, even if we didn't realize at the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just when when did you realize this wasn't a two year thing after the two years or yeah, after three years maybe. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think when I hit my mid-30s, I thought, this will be my life's work. Wow. Because I can't think of anything more. I just can't think of anything more effective than reaching young people yeah. um, in, in schools where someone else has bought the building uh, with the credibility of great staff. Mm-hmm. I just can't think of anything more effective. I've never had, I had a really good idea in 1992. I've not had a good idea since. So, <laughs> so kind of like mid, my mid-30s, I thought, yeah. This e- is, even a fool is thought to be wise when they shut up. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so one-minded, that's, that's all good. And, and um, I guess we should say, because we're taking for granted that people know exactly what PACE is. We know it's a missionary organization. We know that the name means child servant of the king. Uh, but what's the speciality behind this? Like, why do churches need to get involved with pace? Yeah, so we we say we're kingdom centric, discipleship led, right. template driven, and we're equipping the church um, to get their um, people on mission. Essentially, mm. so our vision is that one day 
the primary mission of every Christian mm-hmm. would be to advance the kingdom of God and do it the way that Jesus modeled it. All right. So that's the key thing. So there's a, there's a statement that I've been brought up with, which is our, our, um, our methods must change, but our message must remain the same, Come which I, I now think is completely specious. I think it's completely wrong. Mm. And the reason for that is I think, number one, our methods never change unless our message changes first. Ooh. So when I was younger, it was turn or burn. You know, it was a proclamation. Okay, yes. And everything we did was based on that. We yes. had Sunday night was the gospel message. And mm. we'd go out on the streets and we'd proclaim, even if it turned people off. And then nowadays we've got young adults joining us and they've been raised with preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. And out of so context. Yeah, out of context, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I give you a bottle of water and call it evangelism. And, and yeah, there may be an element of that. But so, the, so yeah, our, our methods um, only change when our message changes. And so we bring in a slightly different message, which we'll probably talk about today, this idea of kingdom-centric. Yeah, okay. And then different methods that go with that, and we're mm. helping the church. So we give the church templates, training, and teams, um, you know, these two amazing guys are part of one of our teams to be a catalyst to the church, to help mm. the church engage with the community and make disciples the way mm. Jesus made them. Two, two things I, I want to just bring out just for those that are listening. When you say template, what do you mean by template? Yeah, uh, it's good. I'm always trying to explain what I mean by template. So for most things we do, there are templates. The idea of a template is not a curriculum. So it's something you can use in any situation. So um, we have a discipleship template based on how Jesus discipled people. Right. And you can use it to disciple anyone in anything. No matter what you're doing, you want to disciple someone as you're doing it, you can use this template. Mm. We have a Bible study template. So basically four steps based on uh, the way the rabbis in the second temple period would have understood scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've kind of westernized it and made it simple. And no matter what scripture you're studying, and whoever you want to study it with, this little template works. So mm-hmm. the benefit is once you've learned the template, you can use it anywhere. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. This idea of empowering people. So use massive. it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then, and then, like, I understand what you mean by, you know, the message never changes and, and that's wrong. But I think people hearing that would be like, well, isn't the message about Jesus and that never changes? Yeah. Well, so I, I would say the message has changed. I mean, if you look at the Reformation, pre-Reformation, everything, the message has changed. You're right, because people say, well, well, basically what you mean, though, you know, the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that doesn't change, which is absolutely true. But the way we share the gospel, I think, does need to change. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when we preach the gospel, uh, I will say, Jesus... Well, the way I explain the gospel is not that Jesus came to rescue you, but that Jesus came to recruit you. Yeah. And along the way, he needed to rescue you. So mm-hmm. it's not getting rid of what we all know is true, yeah. but there's more to it than that. And yeah. I think a what we'd call a Christian-centric gospel, i.e. Jesus came to rescue you, doesn't produce disciples. No. Um, what happens is that discipleship becomes an optional extra. Mm-hmm. And even Bible study becomes an optional extra. Mm. You know, the main thing is he came to rescue you, get in church, live a good life, live a life that God wants to bless, kind of end of story. And yeah, yeah. hopefully you'll go and also do some other stuff. Mm. Whereas if we say Jesus came to recruit you and give, give people the theology behind that, mm. um, then the start, the basis is, okay, there's a job to be done here for the mm, Lord. Yeah, yeah. And um, it doesn't make you any more precious to God, but it makes you more strategic. Boom. I, I think that we accidentally as a church uh, use the, the rescue uh, gospel, and that's the end result. 
yeah. when it should be the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's so much more. Yeah, and and we always we we do this, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But when we when we have like some sort of youth rally or gospel night service, we we really um, uh, celebrate the salvations, and and right rightfully so because yeah. it says in heaven, you know, they're they're rejoicing for you, mm-hmm. um, but. But we'll count those as successes, and then we wipe our hands off saying, oh, good work, you know, I'll see you next Sunday. Yeah, exactly. When, when it's about the whole, during the week, the discipleship, we're called to disciple. Yeah. So it's, it's we just got to change that mind, yeah. that mind shift. Yeah, and I think if we, in the church, if we know that we're called, we're called to, or we've been recruited to join with Jesus in what he was doing on the planet, destroying the works of the evil one, mm-hmm. uh, advancing God's kingdom, yeah. it just gives us a whole different setup. Yeah. and. You know, last time I was in the Danish kingdom, uh, I was in Denmark, and um, I remember preaching, and I was preaching to in, in a Christian boarding school, and there was lots of young people there, and apparently, so I was told, it was that um, none of them had ever kind of responded to the gospel, that true. I was told. It's true. And I said, well, do you mind if I preach a a, a um, kingdom-centric, just came to recruit you message? And they said, sure, give it a go. And about probably about a third, sorry, two thirds of the young people responded. What was interesting so was every single one of the boys responded. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think we know inside us there's something bigger than us, and there's a fight to be won. Yeah. And I just really want to um, really get that across to people. Yeah. 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 You wanted to add something? Um, no. It was just like a a comment. Yeah. No. It was like a, it's already clear. A what? It's already clear. It's already clear. Yeah. He's made everything clear. Yes. And I, I think <laughs> that when uh, when we are happy because of salvation, it's kind of automatic that we want to serve the one, the one that saved us. Like, I don't know, at least for me, it, it's something like God saved me. And that's like the beginning, as you mm. said. And then what it comes with uh, being saved is like, what can I do like, as I don't know, but for me at least is I'm so grateful that I want you please God. Yeah. In a way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's like we will not be uh perfect, but we can like go and do what he wants and go into the perfect will of God at least. Mm. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, but I think for some people or for the most people it's um not like this. Many people are like happy or feel uh pleased when they go like in Sunday they go in church, and the rest of the week is like a normal person's life. If yeah. I can say it like this. Mm. So I think what happens then in church is you get this idea of the eighty twenty, where eighty yeah. percent of people are just what you've just said, um, Jan, and then twenty percent are like Dan. You know, self starting, want to make things happen, get involved. But culturally, discipleship isn't happening. You've got the the occasional people who are just really self motivated can connect the dots, um, but culturally, discipleship's generally not happening. And I think if we can change that, that'd be great. So that everybody who comes to know the Lord realises we need to make disciples and it's part of our service to God. But it should come out of the place you've just mentioned, which is this um, just love, an overflow of love for what God's done for us. Not a, oh, I need to earn points, brownie points, I need to earn points. It's not that at all. It's not... Um, but again, I think I think if we give a good theology, I think people can understand that where it's coming from. Mm. What, what, what's it like um, in your guys' churches back at home? Like when it comes to um, 
salvation message and transferring over to discipleship? Hmm. I don't just think about. I don't know. Like, yeah. Go ahead. I don't know that. I think it was more like salvation mm-hmm. um, message, and but I think if like if you have like a church and um, if they have like a stronger disciple message and more people are getting like in those serving um, attitude mm. than just like the on Sunday receiving thing. Yeah, and it's like it's much easier to exist for a church and more like attractive mm-hmm. from outside and also you have less work. This is, it is a simple thing, but if the work is like shared on like more than just twenty percent of the people, mm-hmm. it's like for all people. Like, and we have more influence also on the church. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up for me, we were in we were in the church, busy doing stuff as a family, like four or five days a week. <laughs> I mean, it was just normal for me. So, even though I fell away from Christ when I came back, I, that that was what I was used to. That's what I remembered, and so it was really easy for me to serve. And then just hearing from mentors and, and people investing in my life when I came back to Christ, it's, you know, the, the Sunday service or the celebration is what I want to call it. Like when you come together as a congregation, as the body, it's, you're coming to give something, mm. you know, you're not coming necessarily to receive. You should be yeah. doing that during the week, during your devotional time and, you know, during your one-on-one mentor talks, whatever. So that, and, and you come with the, te- somebody comes with the testimony, somebody comes with the hymn, somebody comes with the psalm, like it says in Thessalonians. Mm. And, and, and so, and I understand why some Sunday services, because they wanted to reach the lost and, and not all of them are part of the body of Christ. So they're coming in and they do need to receive. And sometimes we're tired and we just had a tough week. And yeah, maybe we do need to just receive a good message and stuff like that. But for the most part, the DNA should be, we're coming to give. Yeah. And I think if everybody gives, then also everyone can receive. At the same time. Yeah. So but in my church, we had Drop often like, like uh, <laughs> many people, like many different people preached. Also like people who are like not uh, like a... Uh, a pastor or something mm, like this. Yeah. I, th- I think it's awesome that, like, because then, like, also the pastor can get some rest <laughs> on Sunday. Did you, did you hear about that joke where, you know, this, this couple, they were on the way to church and, and the, the, the husband didn't want to get out of bed. And she's like, come on, honey, we got to get ready. We got to go to church. I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to church. Well, why, why, why not? Nobody likes me there. I don't want to be there. I don't, no one listens to me and blah, blah, blah. Just complaining, complaining. Honey, you got to get up. I don't want to. Honey, you're the pastor of the church. Yeah, I know. I know it was a teacher. And so, husband is a teacher. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. Cool. And I, I think when the message is preached in the in a church, like even if they preach both sides, like, oh, about being a servant and about being rescued, some people, they select what they want you to listen like they want you to yeah. pay attention just into the good part, the part mm. that we receive. And then when it's about, oh, you also could work. It makes sense that you work. It's a blessing to give. Some people, I think, even me sometimes, like, oh, it's it's a sad because it's fun. Like mm. you just sit down and receive sometimes because yeah, yeah. sometimes we're lazy. <laughs> and I think uh, you kind of mentioned a problem, which is the two sides. There isn't two sides, but I totally understand what you're saying. There's not two sides of it. You know, Jesus did come to recruit us. There's so much evidence in Scripture. Mm, and along the yeah. way, he rescued us. So they're both one thing, really. Um, but I think the lead should be he came to rescue us. Because um, I think that's exa- you're exactly right, Dan. I think that's what happens is that otherwise we see it as 
two different things we can choose. I have this side, but not this side. But actually, it's one thing, you know. So yeah. there's an expectation. I mean, think about all the parables and all the all the things that Jesus said that were about some kind of return of investment. You know, the parable of the talents. You know, the, this idea that we're supposed to multiply the parable of the sower. There's a multiplication he's expecting from from what he's deposited within us. You know, he says, doesn't he? That, you know, the kingdom of God is like a father. Sorry, a farmer who, you know, sends the message or plants the message of the kingdom of God, and it should multiply. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's one thing. Yeah, and so we really believe that that um, it's yeah. I mean, this has a name. It's called pace. But but the templates that are being used, or you know, the the strategy behind it is just something that, like everybody of Christ, yeah. in all cultures, should be implementing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we create templates, and we're not saying everybody should be implementing our exact template, Mm-mm. but you can use them and change them. Yeah. But but we need, as a church, to be equipping and empowering people. So uh, you'll know this, Manny, but one of the questions we have, and we talked about over lunch today, is, you know, why is it we spend so much of our energy, time, resources, and training um, people how to uh, invite Mm-hmm. When Jesus spent so much of his time, energy, and resources and training people how to get themselves invited. Mm-hmm. And so there are many tools out there and many templates you could say, hey, here's what you can do to invite people to church. And I don't think that should change. That's great. But where's the other half of that that says, yeah. here's how you can get yourself invited into a conversation or here's how you can get invited to disciple someone mm-hmm. or here's how you can get invited to share the word and help other people discover things in in scripture. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, yeah, it changes the paradigm from, from like, you know, you get in, uh, you, um, you kind of like force yourself into a situation or you invite people and they come skeptical. They come like, okay, I'll go, but you know, I just want to see what they're all about. Whereas you're, when you're getting invited, they actually want to hear yeah. what you have to say. So you have a little bit more freedom totally. to share the, the gospel yeah. with no filters. Yeah. We learned that, say. we learned that in schools, you know, globally, um, Many, I mean, you know, Ghana, very different from, say, America, mm-hmm. um, what you can say in a school. And oh, we have yeah. a school's charter. There are, there are some promises we make to schools, that things we will not do. Yeah. Um, but globally, um, there's never been a situation I've found that if a child asks you a question, a student asks you a question, you can't share what you believe on that. Yeah. And most teachers I've ever met in any country will say, hey, if the child, you know, if, if the student asks you a question, yeah. then, you know, without being ridiculous you can basically explain your faith yeah um, because they asked you the question yeah. so again getting yourself invited and provoked that's where we learned that's how i learned to do that you mm. know 30 years ago was okay if i can get myself invited it opens up a whole new dynamic i mean it, it's just we're my wife and i in our in our in our journey and ministry and figuring out how we want to serve the lord we we fell upon pace and it just made sense because it was we were just so aligned mm. and i'm just looking back at some of the times when i was working in denmark doing youth ministry mm. and we had a youth club and it was a, a partnership with with the local council Kuhn, right. and and the church and we weren't allowed to preach there mm. because we were getting funds from the commune but we built so many relationships with these youth and some of the youth asked me hey i asked my teacher because we have this english class and we're talking about whatever subject and I said, oh, I know somebody that can talk about it. Mm. Manuel, would you like to come into my school? Yeah, I go. So, so I come into the school, invited yeah. to share about life. It was about drug addiction and homeless life, life uh, living on the streets. And I got to share about what it's like in general, but also personally. 
And then some people had some questions. And then I said, am I, I looked to the teacher and am I free to speak? You know, because yeah. it's, yeah, 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 no problem. And so, and then I shared my testimony about what God did through my life that I believe. And it was just amazing. Yeah. And then it opened up for more questions and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Free reign. Mm. Like I didn't have to, you know, no one got in trouble because they asked me the questions, but I was invited. Yeah. And you've got the common sense not to abuse the. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. It was really cool. Awesome. Should we take a little break, come back and talk about some kingdom centric stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, of course, if you know me, I got some awesome lo-fi for y'all. <laughs> so, yeah. reflections did you guys find yourself reflecting while you heard the song yeah so it worked yeah wow. it worked. i did my magic <laughs> <laughs> all right if you're just joining us here on shea radio it's the manny show and you got us for another half hour we have special guest paul clayton gibbs originally from manchester founder him and his wife i would say mm. founders of the pace movement now living in texas Y'all. Y- y'all come back now here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. My Texan family be like, no, Manuel. <laughs> That's not how you do it. I actually have family out there. It's crazy. My dad wanted me to call them and hang out with them, but we were just so busy. Oh, okay. That's, so, know that. that's life. Anyways, Paul, you, uh, um, you have any thoughts on what we're talking about? You have any questions? Um, how do you feel about being here? Yeah, no, I'm excited. So, so obviously, um, with from the pace perspective, yeah. I've just been um, traveling a lot, so um, yeah, things yeah. have opened up. I'm getting to see, you know, germ pays in Germany, pays in Britain, pays in all these places, and so I'm really excited. You know, we just planted. Obviously, you guys have just planted pays here, yeah. And it was great today. We had a lunch meeting with some of like the Christian leaders in in this city. Oh, and, on the Faroe Islands. Yeah, the Faroe Islands here yeah. with you. Yeah. Obviously, remember it was two hours ago, <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, 
obviously just um, excited. What what was interesting was you could tell that you know some of them said we were a little bit skeptic that this would work when you first shared it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you and Sana have really pioneered this at your own personal cost it's not like mm. you went to somebody and said we've got this idea can you give us x amount of thousand crowns and Mm-mm. we'll try it out you just use your own money which is what lynn and i did for the first two years yeah but now it's working and people are seeing it yeah so people are beginning to say okay where could this go so quick, quick i'm gonna ask you a quick question oh so where could this go in the Faroe islands what's what's you know next three four years you know, there's a Pays team right now with City Church, yes. correct? Yeah. And that Pays team is reaching into local schools mm-hmm. and helping discipling the young people in the church and the immediate community here. Mm-hmm. Where next? Well, like, like you said, you know, this, it's this template thing. Yeah. You know, and so what we try to do is give a template of how it works here on the Faroe Islands. Right. So we actually started in Denmark. Uh, a couple of years ago by accident because of Corona. Right. right. <laughs> and, and it, it just really helped get, give us some sort of momentum, but we always had a desire to start it here on the Faroe Islands. We had a vision of how we were going to reach into the schools, didn't know how that was going to work. And then pace just fell into our lap at the perfect time. And so, and so what we wanted to do was we wanted to expose people to this template that pace offers. So we would bring teams in for visits in the schools public schools where we already had relationships with Santa, especially because she was working there and said, Hey, we got this team coming in. Uh, They're volunteers. You know, could they come and hang out with the kids, maybe play during the free times and organize things. And and, uh, they really liked it. And then, then the time came when we said, okay, we're going to have a team here. We want to show them how it really works all the time, not just, you know, a visitation. And so we asked our church, we said, you know, because of the relationship, because they saw that we were already active in the church. Yeah. Uh, hey, we want to bring a pace team. We want them to be under your guys' umbrella. Um, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I said, they'll help out in all these different areas, um, but they're also going to be in the public schools. And so also with the relationship we had with the boarding school. And so we asked them too, you know, and, and what was funny is that we had talked to them about it before and they're like, yeah, maybe we have our own, like, you know, mentor program, but, you know, you know, we, we can talk about it later. I preached um, the summer before you guys were, were going to come, and, and uh, I shared about the vision, and then I, I, I used this word. You could, I could have used any other word, mm-hmm. but I used this one word in my preach about the vision that I had and the picture that I got that God wanted to build bridges mm. from the school system to the churches. The word bridge. I could have used anything else. Yeah. The boarding school is called Bridges. Oh, okay. And so the the headmaster or the leader that, that started this school, she said right away, I knew, okay, oh, wow. we need a partner with them. So so we we brought in and they're half time our team right now, half time in the boarding school, half time in the public schools. Can you do another half time? Is it called <laughs> <laughs> in the churches? I mean we were just, you know, everywhere and word is getting out fast. And so through this seeing, the, okay, it, it works. Yep, like this template works. Like we knew it worked in theory, but now we see it practically. It actually works and not just, you know, in a, in a, in a natural, I see supernatural things happening. Mm. So, so now, you know, San and I, okay, where, where are we going from here? Yep. What, do we, what do we want? Yep. And so we did this, like, we did this uh, youth rally, City Church did this youth rally, and we, we put on a youth event in six different islands. And, and then I thought about it, these six islands need a team mm. because it was an awesome youth rally. Right. We, we reached over 3,000 youth 
and over 300 gave their lives to Jesus. Fantastic. And we, we, we did our best to plug them into the local church. Yeah. But again, these it's local, difficult. it's difficult. Yeah. And these local churches, they're, they're like you and me, uh, normal people that have families and, and work. Yeah. They can't invest in them like they want to. Yeah. A PACE team can. Mm. A PACE team can fill in, what's the vision of your church? What's the vision of your school? What's the vision of your business? Okay, we can help in that area to fulfill it where you're lacking. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you have a PACE team there, we help fill that need. We don't That's- take over. We feel the need. Yeah, and I think the difference with a pays team from um, just kind of general volunteers is they're coming trained as yes. well. Yes, you know, so we don't we 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 call our team members apprentices. We don't mm. call them interns because interns are untrained with no agenda. Mm. Whereas we're coming, we're bringing people that are trained, yes. or at least being trained on the job, mm. and certainly with an agenda. They have yeah. they have goals. They have things that are trying to accomplish. Mm. I think that's incredible. Yeah. So, so, so within the next couple of years, uh, our vision, at least here for the Faroe Islands, is to have an official team on six of these islands, right. uh, partnering with a local church there or churches, right. and and uh, and getting into the public schools on a weekly basis building that tangible bridge and each team should have between three and five in there. Right. And so, you know, six times five is 30. So we're looking to, to plant here on the Faroe islands, you know, around 30 apprentices on these six different islands. I I think a place, obviously, because we're working in some huge, like America, you know, like six teams is a drop in the ocean. Yeah. Six teams in Faroe islands could make a big difference. Yes. Yes. It's going to be really, you could, you could seriously affect the next generation. Um, And I, I wonder how many, for how many years the church in the Faroe Islands has been praying, God, do something with the youth. And obviously there are other ministries as well. Yeah, yeah. But now there's an opportunity. And I guess the, the problem is, though, that what I see is that you and Santa on your own, you know, spend your own money. That, that's not going to happen. So we, mm. need, we need people to kind of get involved and yeah. support in some yeah. way, I guess. Yeah. As well, yeah. That, that, that believe in what we're doing. and, yep. and um, But, you know, I, I want them to see the fruit. I don't want them just to give because, oh, man, you and Santa, they're sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because we are. Because you're not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beat <me to> it. <laughs> but it's more because they believe in, in what we're doing. Yeah. And my, my biggest, and we, Santa and I have talked about this many times, we want to be able to, to invest in pace in a way that if we were to leave tomorrow, it, it would still thrive because mm. it's not a Manny and Santa thing. It's a kingdom thing. And we want it to have eternal value, which means that it could be passed on from generation to generation. Yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. Yeah, excellent. I'm excited as well. I know your, your vision is to send people into Denmark and then maybe through. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that the Fair Islands, the DNA of the Fair Islands has this sending missionary DNA. Yeah. And so we could see this kind of move from, I guess it would be west to east as it, as it goes throughout Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Denmark, mainland Denmark next, and then... You know, your Finlands, your Sweden's, your Norways, etc. Yeah. So yeah, your Norways. <laughs> I like that. Cool. But uh, tomorrow, uh, while you're here, Paul, we we have an agenda for you. Yeah. And um, I guess it was the last time we had like an online global summit. You you teased this thought, mm. and then you really brought um, some more meat. In flesh to it when we had this uh, global summit yeah. in person here in Texas a, a month ago. And it's called uh, Kingdom Centric. Yeah. And we're going to be doing a masterclass with you yeah. uh, tomorrow about it. But can, can you talk about 
kingdom centric? What 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 is this yeah. all about? So real quick, uh, obviously, I'm going to bring some. Everybody's invited. So anybody wants to come, yes. I think, yeah. come along to this. And mm. I don't know if it's free. I think. It well, it, it it did cost, but we got a donation okay. to help support it. Okay. Uh, so so it's free for everyone. It's uh, breakfast and lunch included. It starts wow. at nine thirty with breakfast, and then we'll go upstairs to wow. have this masterclass style teaching yeah. from ten to two with lunch in between. Yeah. So the kingdom centric. Um, concept is that there i'm going to in the first section kind of give a bit of a theological overview of how this was always something this is always jesus plan mm. um so i would say it this way there are two types of christianity that's i'll explain tomorrow what i mean by this in more detail and where i got this from unless you have questions but the two types of christianity one's i would call christian centric and one's kingdom centric to be christian centric is to pursue our vision do it God's way so God gives us what we want. To be kingdom-centric is to pursue God's kingdom, do it God's way so we give him what he wants. <laughs> and everything changes through that prism. Um, and so we'll then look at, we'll kind of imagine church together. Well, what if church was kingdom-centric? How does that affect finances? How does that affect the role of a leader? How does that affect a church service? How does that affect everything? So more and more mm. have been asked to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and what's happening is that there are lots of leaders who have been on this kind of riff of we've got to make our churches relevant and exciting and um, excellent. And we've built some great attractional churches. Mm-hmm. But now we're asking the question, is that making disciples? You know, we don't want to go back to unattractive, irrelevant churches. No. Um, but there's got to be more than that. And so I'm kind of, kind of traveling the world a little bit now, mm. kind of helping churches think through this and that's why the message is so important we can't simply just just say hey go make disciples we're about discipleship now uh, the reality is we've got to say to people hey you know there's a different theology here that's that's influencing our message because our message will ultimately influence our methods mm-hmm. so tomorrow's gonna be a fun day it'll be if people like imagining what church could be if they want to be inspired yeah if they want to learn about a little bit more about the context of jesus and some theology about the I would say there's going to be stuff that even experienced Christians are going to learn for the first time tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I was even challenged, and and I think I'm, I I, I try at least <laughs> to be a little bit more kingdom minded in the things that I do, uh, but there was still some challenges in, in a healthy way um, that I'm I, I'm working with. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all are. So yeah. that's good. Cool. That's going to be exciting. And and so you guys know it's. Um, I don't know if all master classes are like this, but in, in, in my idea of a master class, it's not just lecture. It's a it's a lot of like okay, um, yeah. workshop type style where we get to like talk about stuff, think about things. So you're not just going to be sitting there getting mesmerized by Paul's beautiful British voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also the thing is, it is a master class, and the, the, you know, that's a bit of a pompous word to use, but I'm trying to help people realize your mind's going to be stretched. Yeah, your heart's going to be stretched. Mm-hmm. It's 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 going to a, you know it's going to a higher level of of kind of really pursuing truth and what Jesus was really mm. interested in. So, yeah, 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 super cool. Right on. So uh, just just come up. Otherwise, you can look up the uh, the event on Facebook, Kingdom Kingdom Centric, and um, yeah, quite a few people have signed up already. So, but uh, it would be good to know if you're coming so that way we know how much breakfast and lunch to make for y'all. But other than that, just bring yourself, bring your team. This would be really good for you and your team to be a part of so that way you can use some of these tools 
on things that you're investing your team in already. And, and then that way you can have some tangible, you know, thoughts and whatnot. Yeah. And just uh, well, the other thing I'd say is funny. I say it's about mostly masterclasses is they're great for parents as well. Oh, wow. So I think this is really important because I think uh, if you're bringing up your, your children in the faith, mm. um, helping them become more kingdom centric is going to be much more long lasting. It, yes. The, one of the issues with the Christian centric gospel, you know, uh, it's all about me, um, is that when things don't work out the way you think God should do them, it really affects you. So I think um, yeah. a, a lot of people, I think, are backslidden or fall away from the faith because of the Christian-centric gospel, because it mm. promises things that the Bible doesn't promise. Mm. And it, it, it gives some certain kind of like a sense of this is, things should always work out for me. And um, I won't go into detail now, but I think if you're a parent and you want to find out is there a better way of communicating your faith, I would say absolutely there's a better way of passing on mm-hmm. um, our Christian faith and so for parents as well. So absolutely, if you're a leader and you want to bring your team, but if you're a parent or somebody just wants to you know, get closer to God and, and align themselves with God a little bit more, this yeah. is going to help. Come on. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Guys, I know you've been waiting patiently, but uh, you, you have some questions for, for, yeah. this, for this man. I think I can start. Yeah, go uh, for it. So, you wrote some books. How many? Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> seven, seven. Ones that you're proud of. <laughs> One. <laughs> no, seven books. Seven, seven books, books yeah. yeah. And there's a book that is about discipleship. Yeah. And uh, you talk a lot in the book about uh, bringing the disciple through a practice. Mm. And, no, uh, through a experience. Yeah. And what do you think is different between like the being a Talmudian? Because you, you researched um, some ancient practice, yes. right? Yes. And what do you think is the difference between this and the common discipleship that we have today? So, yeah. What, yeah, no, it's a great question. One author says that what we don't understand is that rabbis in Jesus' day had two groups of people. They had students and they had disciples. Mm. A student would basically turn up, listen to their favorite rabbi, you know, presumably take notes and think, oh, I really like this, what they said here, I really like what they said there, and they, you know, would just take it away. Um, a disciple uh, would follow the rabbi um, in order to be like the rabbi. So you could say it this way, a, a student wanted to know what the rabbi knew, a disciple wanted to do what the rabbi did. And I think Jesus said, go and make disciples, go and, go and make people who will do what I do. Yeah. And so to do that, um, if we follow Jesus' model, then we take people on an experience. So there are three questions we can ask ourselves. What am I doing to advance the kingdom of God? You know, well, maybe I'm, I'm sharing my faith on the streets, or maybe I, I pray at home, I pray, and that's how I advance the kingdom of God. Or maybe I do hospitality at church or outside in the community and make friends and tell them about the faith. Whatever it is you do, maybe you do a radio show, wherever it is, maybe I'm a musician. So first of all, what do you do to advance the kingdom of God? How would you do it? In other words, what are the spiritual principles and the spiritual practices that God has taught you along the way? And then thirdly, who are you taking with you? Mm-hmm. So that you're multiplying what you do. Um, and I think that's a key thing that makes things a little bit different is um, it goes back to the Jesus question about inviting and, and um, being invited. You know, why is it that we spend so much time and energy and resources educating people and then hoping they will go and experience it 
when Jesus spent so much of his time, energy, and resources taking people on experience that led to education. And uh, education makes us itchy, you know. So you, you talked about this a little bit earlier on, so in the sense of when you take people on experience, they want to know why it works and why it didn't work, and they mm. start asking you questions. Yeah. So whereas I think what we do, we put people in a room and we educate them about things they've not experienced and they don't even know what questions to ask. And so... Jesus took people and experience that, had, that led to education. And anybody can do it. Anybody can do this. Because virtually every Christian I know has something they do that advances the kingdom of God, even if it's simply praying or whatever it might be. So everybody can use this template to, yeah, produce disciples. Mm. I got an online question, and then you can ask after Jan your question. What is it about pace that makes it work anywhere in the world? Oh, okay, so I'm going to say it's... It was very much based on, and this is going to sound cheesy, but it's true, very much based on what Jesus did as opposed to, hey, we're from America, what works in America? Or, you know, if I was in Manchester and I got a few people together, some teachers together, the pastor said, let's work out what works for Manchester, I don't think that would work anywhere. Mm-mm. But because we stripped it right back and said, okay, what did Jesus actually do? It works everywhere. That's, yeah. that's, that would be my So it's a Jesus so, thing. I, well, I would, I would a Jesus so, template. Yeah. yeah, it is. So literally, okay, how did Jesus actually operate? What did he actually practically do? Yeah. Um, so even, you know, the way our, our organization is, we don't buy buildings. Luke 10, Jesus sends his disciples out and he says, spread the word, essentially, and don't decide in advance who's going to respond. Spot the people of peace. And the way you do that is by staying in their homes. Mm-hmm. Stay with them, you know, teaching everything I've taught you, giving them experience of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and then sending those people out to reach those who said no in the first place. Even that is our model. So a pace team comes to the Faroe Islands, and I know you, Manny, had a big issue of how do we find hosts? Yeah. Because that's the biblical model. And that's why you can do it in Africa, and that's why you can do it in some developing world countries, because it's not an American thing, which usually... Most American projects involve a lot of money mm. and they don't work in those nations. But because this is a genius thing, it works everywhere. I think. That's so cool. Nice. Jan? Um, uh, did you ever had like a struggle with faith or like with your vision that you maybe thought it could be wrong or God uh, planned something different than you uh, thought in the beginning? And then like you had to struggle with it and... <coughs> Yeah, I think it's a great question. Because uh, to be honest, that's what led me to this whole kingdom-centric, Christian-centric thing. So there have been times, I won't go into detail because of, you know, it'll be obvious, but there were times when we were partnering with certain churches or certain places and it was working really, really well. And the more it worked, the more problem- problematic it became. <laughs> um, you know, more kind of like people seemed to be a little threatened and it just didn't make sense. So I would work with, a, you know, I remember working with one church and I remember the pastor saying, he kind of inherited pays. He hadn't, you know, asked for it. So it wasn't mm. his fault, I guess, but he'd inherited it and often said to me, I don't really understand this. So I thought, that's not a problem. As he sees it works, he's going to get really on board. And then as it works, he, he kind of got more agitated about it. And I think that made me think, is this ever going to work? Why is this happening? Mm. You know, why is it when these things are, are working, people are almost supporting it less And I just didn't understand, really. And, you know, I wasn't brought up in the Christian faith. I became a Christian at 14. And I was confused. And and that made me think, have I got something wrong here? What am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And then I realized, I think there's just two different operating systems out there. It's like me playing, you know, playing FIFA on Xbox. 
and then giving the disc to somebody who has a PlayStation, you know, it's not going to work. And they're going <laughs> to say, oh, there's something wrong with the disc. There's nothing wrong with the disc. It's just that they've got a different operating system. Wow. And I think that was the key thing wow, for me wow. is understanding there's two different operating systems out there. And um, so your question is absolutely spot on. Lots of times I had real struggles. And then I think now more later in life, I've realized, okay, this kingdom-centric, Christian-centric thing, everything, everything's kind of up. The pennies are dropping all over the place, you know? Mm. People, things are beginning to make sense a little bit, so. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <coughs> Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, like, it can be that you answered this question already somehow, but I want just to have it, like, clear. Uh, do you think there are, like, wrong ways to disciple people? Or, like, to... Uh, mm. If I want to disciple people, are there things that I could... Like mistakes that uh, we could uh, do like easily. Mm. I guess the most obvious one is you make it all about you. So you're discipling someone and you're not really passing on to them what Jesus said or what Jesus did. You're just um, loving on them. And I think that's a mistake I see people make. I'm just going to love on people. And what happens is we don't empower people. And so essentially they just fall in love with us, but maybe not necessarily Jesus. Wow. That could be a problem. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Wow. Um, ju ju just for the audience, I have one more question here. And and um, I think it's been... You all right, buddy? I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, I think I'm really excited about... Uh, I've always been excited about kingdom, building God's kingdom. Revealing God's kingdom, but um, uh, seeing this tangible fruit with, with since we've been partnering with Pace, it's just been so amazing. And my team here, you guys and girls, the girls are over in the church getting stuff ready for the youth work right after this. And you, you four, are just uh, a blessing from heaven. It's been amazing. And you, you're the first team here, and you're pioneering all this. But we're already seeing fruit from the work that we have. Fantastic. And um, and you two, you obviously live with us. The girls, they live with another host family. And uh, you talk about like you know that's kind of you know the the vision behind Pace, that that the, the same way Jesus sent his disciples out into the villages and to live with those that would welcome them. Yeah. Um, you've been doing this for a long time, and there's a couple of things that you've held firm to one of them is making it a free mission year mm. and you did that because <clears throat> because how hard it was for kids from from poverty to go on missions even though they had a heart for it another thing was this host family yeah so what 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 do you see as the the benefits of being a host family what have you seen oh well, well first of all we know that there's a, a spiritual blessing to hosting god's prophets god's missionaries god's yeah. you know, people whatever you want to do so there's a there's a blessing in that mm. i wouldn't say just do it for your own personal blessing but there is a spiritual yeah. blessing yeah. obviously it's a way of impacting a community without maybe being able to do it directly um so i'm sure there are families in in this city who have been praying for the young people they're really worried about what's happening with young people yeah <clears throat> they'd love God to do something with young people, but they don't have the time to go into schools. They don't have any resources. They don't mm. know what to say to a young person, but they could host someone like Jan or Dan or all the, the girls. Um, just give them a, you know, if they have a spare room, yeah, 
and um, they just al- allow them to stay at the house, suddenly they're going to massive impact mm-hmm. um, a community indirectly. And I think for me, again, with my king, king-centric hat on, we give God what he wants. Well, what he wants is more young people to come to know him. Yeah. And you can give that God by simply opening your home. Up. Yeah, yeah. And having an apprentice obviously can be a massive blessing. We, we, there's a lady I know who at 60 years old, she opened her home up uh, and she's had multiple um, pays apprentices now yeah. over the years. And she would say it's massively exciting. Yeah, because they build, re- it's not about just giving them a room and saying good luck with life. Yeah. Like you build relationships, you, you, totally. you submerge yourself into the family. Yeah. And vice versa. And, and then if you've got an apprentice that's coming back and they're telling you what they've done, what they've accomplished, yeah. and you know, wow, I, I played a part. Because if this missionary didn't have my home to stay in, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been able to stay. And they would have had... Like, I remember you saying, well, hey, we're going to take a risk. We're going to bring this team over. We got, we think we've got a bit of accommodation initially, but they could all have to go home at Christmas. Yeah. I remember you saying that to me. Yeah. And, and again, if we're going to put six teams in the Faroe Islands, we need far more hosts than you and one other family. <laughs> uh, and, you know, even with these guys now, in, you having them at your home, it's, that's a lot of work when you're working with them every day as well. Yeah. I think even now we need more homes, mm-hmm. uh, more host families. So there's a spiritual blessing. There's just a, the excitement of someone coming every day and sharing what God's been doing in local schools. And then there's that indirect impact you are having on young people simply by opening your home. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Time is nearly gone. So um, if you don't have any more questions, I just want to let you all know, listeners here on the Faroe Islands, uh, anywhere in the world, you know, PACE is, is available to come out to any part of the world because it's all about building God's kingdom and, and partnering together. And those listening to us here on the Faroe Islands, if you want to know more, if you, if you want to hear more, if you want to be a part in any type of way, it's not just about, you know, donating money, but, you know, your home or partnering with us, or you, you, maybe you're a teacher at a school and you're like, wow, this would be really great in our school. Yeah. Get a hold of me and Santa. We would love to have a cup of coffee, tea with you and, and chat. I make some really good Mexican food. Invite me over for dinner. I'll make food for it's you. It's true. We can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we can give out the website. Could we give out the yeah, website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> we don't want, I don't want anyone to actually go. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, yeah, I'll share I'll share this on the thread if you're if you're watching us live, you can check it out here. But if not, um, it's the pace movement. Pay pay as in people. P A I S and then movement, M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.com, pacemovement.com. You can Google search it too. You can actually just Google P-A-I-S and you'll find it. Well, um, you're re- pretty and you can smell, uh, spell as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, thank you, Paul, so much for being on the show with us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I love being here. Thank yeah, you. very good. Thanks for having me. Boys, uh, Jan, would you like to close us in prayer and bless those listening? Yes. So uh, I pray, God, thanks that we have the opportunity to reach people uh, through radio and um, that we can spread the gospel. And I want to bless the listeners that they open their heart and their mind for the things they heard and that they can reflect on it, that something from the radio show is like still... Sticking to them. Um, yeah, and I want to um, thank that we had like a good talk and 
learn something and yeah amen amen, amen. And, and my wife says you all are so awesome thank yeah. you amen <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all hope to see most of you at the kingdom centric uh, masterclass tomorrow at si- uh, not saturday. Tomorrow, saturday at city church 9.30, we start off with breakfast. Otherwise, have a blessed week. Hit us up if you need anything. Be blessed. We love you all. Bye. Bye.